Hi, welcome to episode six of the Noisy Golfer. I'm Paul. Unfortunately, John, Jade can't be with us today. Um, but that said, we're delighted to have with us uh, Michelle Holmes, Michelle Holmes Golf, otherwise uh, the founder and director of Michelle Holmes School of Golf in Virginia and US Masters Kids Teacher. How are you, Michelle? I'm very good, Paul. How are you this morning? Very good. Thank you. Very good. I'm, I'm glad that we've managed to try and sort of uh, synchronise times between, uh, obviously, between the UK and the States, um, which is an achievement in itself. And we're, we're delighted to have you on because, as we, as we were saying earlier, just before we started, I feel like we know you so well. Um, obviously, since we launched Noisy Golf, we've got to know each other very well. But it's really the first opportunity that we've had to, uh, you know, to talk with you directly. I know we've probably been communicating on social media for, what, a couple of years now? Uh, oh, well, almost. We, it was June last year that we decided to, when Jade wow. and I came up, it feels like that. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it was June the, June the 1st, we decided to, to sort of uh, launch Noisy Golf, or come up with the idea at least, and then we launched in October. Um, so yeah, just over a year now since um, since that all began, and um, obviously appreciative of your support as well since we've, since we've launched. Thank you guys longer so you obviously are doing doing great things <laughs> um for those of you that don't know you um and i'd imagine that you know a lot of our audience will anyway through uh, obviously primarily through your activity on instagram on, on facebook and, and twitter and the likes if it's okay could you just give us an introduction to yourself who you are what you do um and then we can kick on with some really useful sort of topics that we want to cover with you as well yeah, no problem. Um, so my name is Michelle um, I am the owner of Kids Golf Academy and I'm also um, tour director for US Kids Golf and Virginia State Golf Association. Um, a little background, I grew up playing junior golf in Ireland and had a pretty decent junior career back there playing junior golf for Ireland and was fortunate enough to get a sports scholarship to come out to the States to play golf for Campbell University. Um, did four years at Campbell University, absolutely loved my time playing college golf, but I always knew coaching was going to be in my in my future. So once I graduated from um, Campbell, um, I did the usual thing. I got an assistant pro job and um, did that for maybe two or three years and really enjoyed that. But while I was doing all the assistant pro duties, working in the shop, doing all that kind of stuff, I was teaching on the side. And really realizing that, hey, teaching is definitely what I want to do in my future. So after about two or three years, I decided, you know what, it's now or never. We may as well start Michelle Home School of Golf. I didn't really have any idea what I was doing, but I decided to start a golf program and hoped that we'd eventually have some students. Um, I think in April of 2011, I think we had like six students. Wow. And thankfully it's, thankfully, it's grown a little bit since then. And we now have um, three venues and we have one in Virginia Beach, one in Chesapeake and one in Norfolk. And we see about 500 kids <coughs> a year. Um, we pretty much teach kids full time. And it's not that we say no to adults and we do yeah. do a few adult lessons. Kids keep us so busy. And um, the mission of Michelle Homeschool of Golf is to create experiences that encourage kids to play the game forever. And the mission has probably evolved over the years in that when I started, so when I started the academy in 2011, it was all about teaching kids. And then in 2013, I jumped on the tournament um, bandwagon and I started running a lot of tournaments. And through that experience, I realized, hey, I don't need to just help children. I've got to help these parents too. These parents have a really, really tough job of 
you know, turning up on tournament day and being a parent, being a parent coach and a parent caddy. So I feel like, um, yeah, we're taking a lot of um, families on a, on a golf journey. Do, do you know what? I, th- I think that the, the way that you've described that, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't have put it better myself. Obviously, you've got so many more years experience in it than ourselves. Um, but I, as you've seen with, with our journey with Isaac, Isaac started playing uh, June 2019. So maybe about two, three weeks short of his sixth birthday. Um, obviously, he's, he's eight now. And, and he started in the last two to three months to really, really start to improve. But I think that what we've really genuinely loved is speaking with the, the likes of yourself and other coaches around the world from the Q&As that we've done on our blogs. Because what you've just described there is a golf journey. And I think that there's so many, there's so much more to, to I think golf's very unique in the respect that it, obviously there's an introduction to the sport. There's a lot of technical elements that need to be learned and, you know, and developed. But fundamentally, there's a journey that creates so many magic memories from when they first pick up a, go- a club, the first long putt they make to, you know, to play it in their competitions. There's just so many elements to that, um, to that experience. Yeah. I think it's very important as a coach, and I always say this, my biggest mistake uh, as a young golf coach is I presumed the door to me, wanted to be, and I realized that is not the journey every family wants to go on. And I think that's one reason we've had a lot of success in our program is that we take to find out, hey, what journey do you want to go on? Of course. Like there's no to be thinking every child wants to be the next Tiger Woods and applying pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's so important that the coach is on par with the parent and the child that we're all on, on the same mission together. No, I, I, absolutely. I, I think there was, I think that as I've, see, I, I would love Isaac to be like located in a, like in an area geographically where a school like yours is. Um, Cause I think that if, for the most part, certainly across the UK, it can be a bit of a lottery um, I've, I've got Isaac into a club recently, Eastham Lodge on the Wirral in the Northwest, which is great, but there's no, there isn't a huge amount of coaching. It's just a case of playing together with other juniors on a Saturday, which is great. And he needs that. But I also think fundamentally about if he can go on that journey and share that with other children as, as, yes. and the parents develop relationships with other parents to also share their experience as well. I think that's where at yeah. the minute we're quite, it's quite patchy in the respect that there isn't a huge amount of that going on geographically with where we are. But I think that, you know, what, one of the things that we, we wanted to really talk about was that, um, that the parent and caddy relationship, you know, before we were, you know, before we started, we were talking about this. Um, I, as a dad, have learned so much. Isaac's played five tournaments throughout the summer, summer um, and I've, I've enjoyed every second of it, but there's also been challenges throughout there. And there's also, to be fair, been observations between uh, that I've seen from other parents, good and bad. And what I wanted to really get a flavour of was what, what do you do to work with parents and children to ultimately create the best experience? Because as you say, each player has a different ambition. Each parent has a different level of experience with golf. So what do you what what do you try to do to sort of make that experience as uh, as positive as possible? You know, I think the big issue we see in this sport, I think I'll state this first. The biggest issue we see in this sport is um, families having a hard time just sticking to their own journey. It's very okay. easy to 
or your kid to another kid. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem we see, and I think that's the biggest thing we try to stress in our program is that, hey, you're on your own personal journey. Yeah. You know, if you, like, I have, let's say, for example, when I am, when I run a kid, a US kids tournament, and I probably coach every kid in the boys six and under. Yeah. And there's one kid, 33, and the other kid's coming in for his first event and he shoots 60. Yeah. And that parent, like, oh, like, we're so far behind, like, we're never going to get there. And okay. um, so I think it's so important to um, just have those conversations with the parents and telling yeah. them there are personal journey if you come in day one and you shoot 60 well maybe next week we try and go out and we try and shoot 59 and if we just keep our goals realistic yeah we'll eventually get there yeah and what what do you say from from parents are the are the best traits to have um because obviously expectations are different but when you see a really good parent being amazing with their kids what are the main standout things that you see um, that you would encourage other parents to, to try and do themselves? You know, the one thing I'm always screaming is we need to teach these kids composure. We need okay. to teach them and we need to teach them forward thinking. Yeah. I mean, their greatest traits, I feel we need as players. Okay. So we are developing these children to think and act the way we do. So I think it's so important as parents that when we go out in these these tournaments in the early days, we're not too worried about the score. We're not too worried about if the swing is off today. We're really worried about how we're acting and the traits we're teaching them. Okay. And, you know, for example, my own little niece, she's in girl seven and Dan caddies for her all the time. And sure, he could and he could critique her after every shot and he could tell her five things before she hits a golf shot but he's not trying to do that he's yeah. trying to teach her hold your patience and we're always thinking about the next shot and we're always forward thinking yeah so i think the most important thing perfect it was really interesting obviously i follow a lot of your content on social media one because i feel like i learn from every tweet and every post that you make anyway but there was something really interesting that i saw you um uh, tweet about a few days ago about Katie I, I can't quote it directly but it was something along the lines of hopefully one day she develops a killer instinct but for now I think just just enjoying the moment or words to that effect um, you know, it, it's interesting with Katie because I would be quite a competitive person I think and her you yeah. know her mom you know a, a competitive person but we didn't start playing golf till we were much older of course yeah Katie could drive us crazy at times because she couldn't care, as I said in that post, whether she has a three on a hole or a nine on a hole. Yeah. So we have to be careful because we look at her and we think, wow, she's got a good golf swing. She could compete. She could do yeah. something. But we have to remind ourselves um, to do as we preach. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So I understand what it is. I understand from a parent's perspective when you see it, you're like, oh, my child could do this. Yes, yes, yes. But again, you know, she is six years old and she's only going to be six years old for a little while. She's only going to be, what do they say? They're only going to be little for a little while. So let them be little. We don't want to force that into her. A hundred percent. I feel like with Katie, we could grind her. We could push her. And we could train her hard. Yeah. What good is that? And she could be great. What good is that going to be? She probably wouldn't be playing the game at 10. Yeah. Well, do you know what? It's a really, really interesting point you make there. I I brought this book down with me because following 
the um I've, I've really got stuck into this it's been um uh, shout out to Rick Hurd as well, who got in touch following um, the podcast that we did with, with your sister, Laura, um, where we talked about similar things because he reached out, which we thought was amazing because obviously to hear that somebody's got in touch from Florida at this early stage is fantastic. And he, he actually sent us a couple of these books and he breaks it down into eight modules, I think, or eight points. But one of them, which I've really, really taken on board is think of the long term. And, and when you think about it, again, you've, you've hit a really pertinent point there when you've talked about childhood in that they're only children once. And, you know, the way I've started to take on, you know, my role as a, as a parent with Isaac is nothing gives me greater satisfaction than watching than me watching Isaac on the tee with strangers who've never seen him before as he bombs one down the fairway, which he does pretty much 99% of the time. As a dad, it's the best feeling in the world. It really is. But at the same time, a lot of the, the, the what I find interesting is the natural question from people that see that is, oh, my God, he's the next big thing. And when I start to talk to them about, listen, there's thousands and thousands of kids all doing the same thing. I think it really surprises them. And, and it's also interesting that I've, I've started to, to, you know, I use the title with, with, with Laura, where I sort of call myself an enjoyment officer. And yeah, having, yeah. having read that, I feel that's my really my focus now is that this journey that Isaac and I are going on is one where we're just having fun. He's competing against teenagers. He's doing really well. And if at any point he turns around and says, Dad, I think I want to take this a little bit more seriously, then he'll 100% have my support. But I think there's a lot of traits with Isaac and Katie there where I think is a really good thing to have. Like he'll, he'll he'll hit a green in in like two three shots, and he might three might might four put, but he'll come off and he's just ready to hit another tee shot. And if anything, I think it's a good trait to have more than anything. What do you think? Oh, it's a great trait to have. I mean, <laughs> I think the greatest trait we can have in this game is to play the game without fear, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes when parents see a kid that's so nonchalant, they're like, okay, I wish my child would want it more, and they yeah. try and. Play a little bit but you got to be careful what you ask for be careful what you wish for yeah before you know you show them a few bad traits and you know before you, you got a grumpy 14 year old playing the game no one wants that right exactly exactly I, job what i always say to parents is you know especially we're starting these kids so young now right yeah. my big thing is how am i going to get katie to 14 still love playing? that's a long time yeah and Really, nothing really matters before 14. So my biggest role is, okay, when I get her to 13, 14, that she is still loving this game, and now she can take it where she wants for herself. Right Absolutely. now, she hey, my whole family plays it. Granddad loves it. Yeah. will teach it. Yeah, I'll play this game. But, you know, she has to develop that, you know, all, everything else that's needed for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, as I say, as we've got to obviously know people like yourself and other coaches, I think I think I, I genuinely try to take that on board. And I think that it's hard at times because I know what, you know, I'm talking about Isaac specifically, obviously, but I know what he can do. And ultimately, if he plays his best shot every time, he, he, he could genuinely compete with children across, across the country in his age. But at the same time, like he doesn't watch golf on TV. He doesn't watch sports. When he's at home, he does the normal things. And I think that when you see other kids that are really pushed, it's almost like, you go to your lessons, you go to your course, you practice your putting, then you watch it on TV. 
and it can yeah. probably cause a little bit of golf overload. And I think that what I'm trying to embrace is that it's okay not to be too engrossed in it, just be in the moment when you're actually enjoying it. I totally agree. And I think the biggest thing we got to do is listen to these children. Like, yeah. you know, one way I have another example of a little girl and well she's not so little anymore she's 11 now but she's been with me since she was six years old and her and she's a really good player and competes at a pretty high level her name is Macy and she is absolutely hooked on golf yeah never pushed her and her mom used to come to me and say Michelle she wants to play every I don't want to burn out but what I always say if you have a child that's that way if they're asking to play every day they're not going to get burned out as long as they're the one you just yeah. have to live your own child and not compare your child to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. If you can hear, but I have three little doggies running around here, so <laughs> I'm trying to hand them treats over to keep them quiet. <laughs> but now I fight over the treats. No, no, no problem at all. Ours is actually quite quiet at the minute. Scruffy, she's around the corner somewhere, but she she's okay. Well, I think well on this subject, I think an ang- taking it into a slightly different angle because. There's a perception that in the States that there's a lot more competition. People are very competitive. You correct me if I'm wrong. There's probably a, a stereotype with parent with parents and children in sports where they do tend to push them a little bit more, you know, that culturally as opposed to the UK. What what would you what would you say on that? I, I do agree with that. Um, but you know what I think the biggest issue is here is the sports scholarships. They're thinking at college. Okay. And they want- scholarship but we don't have that back home sure you know you know when I think back to when I was 12 and you know my dad wasn't stressed about you know paying for college or sending me on sports and then I think at that point they just presumed yeah she's going to go to college here in Ireland and whatnot yeah and then the opportunity just arose we're here they're thinking about college you know at seven eight nine years old okay there's that plan back of their mind and I that, that does add a lot to the pressure of what we're seeing here versus what we see in Ireland and England and so on. Sure. And in, in terms of the, the, the children, what, what age would you teach up to then? In your, obviously, you're teaching as young um, as... So the, our juniors range from three to 18. Right, um, and we, right through, yeah. essentially, then. Yeah. And, and what, what percentage of those that you say <laughs> would you get... You, you know, I'd imagine people are starting to think of college more seriously by the time they probably get to maybe 13... 14, 15, yeah. would you say? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so we've had the program 10 years now. So yeah. we're getting to the point now where some of our older juniors are starting to go that that college route. Okay. And um, the biggest problem I see is um, there's no problem getting kids into the game at three, four, and five. Yeah. It's keep 13 and 14, you know, okay. when they go in school especially girls when they go into high school they have the yeah. opportunity to play these different team sports you know there's other interests there's phones there's boys there's girls there's all that kind of stuff and yeah. um, that's where we feel like i'm really sorry about these dogs they never behave for me it's no problem honestly <laughs> um, that's where we that you know the, the numbers can, can drop and it's and it's tough to keep keep the kids in the sport yeah. you know what I generally find is it's the really competitive kids that do stay with it. Yeah, yeah. That we as coaches have to find opportunities for the maybe the kid that maybe isn't going to go on and play college golf. Maybe you know isn't yeah. the most still giving them the opportunities to 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 play the game and keep going with it. 
sure. And what 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 percentage would you say of, of, of kids at around that age do actually go on and play college golf? I mean, it, it's it's still a small percentage that yeah. goes on. It is. It is. You know, a, a lot of kids will go on and play high school golf, but it's still a small percentage that go on and play college golf. And is, yeah. is, is that because of... Um, is, is it because of their continued interest in the sport? Is it because of the competitive element? What, what would you put that down to? It could be the competitive element. And some of them just decide to focus on their academics and such. And, yeah. and I think some get a little deterred by the fact of, okay, I'm not going to play Division One. I'm not okay. going to golf. Um, I was lucky enough to play Division One, But from what I see of some of our kids who have gone on and played Division Two and Division Three, that's just as good as an experience. Absolutely, you know? yeah. I think it's, college golf is the best four years of my life. I'd recommend it to anyone. And I think as long as you can get an education, who cares if you're playing Division Three golf or Division yeah. Two golf? You still get to travel around America and, and, and do all that, be part of a team and do all, do all this stuff. You know, and, and at the end of the day, the journey ends for most people after college. Yeah, yeah. You know, and at the end of the day too, if you're going to be a professional golfer, if you're going to make it on the tour, whether you played college golf or not, is not deter- determining that of course, either. Yeah, yeah. Now I think it's largely irrelevant, isn't it? Because I, I think there's this. I think there's just so many factors, isn't there? I mean, you might have the brightest prospect going to college and for whatever reason doesn't perform because of the, you know, the distractions around them. And then similarly, you might have players that just catch up and just peak at the right time, and then when they get into an age where you know, they could possibly, they might not have previously thought of becoming a pro, but something just clicks in their later teens, which which can also happen as well. And that can sort of propel them to rethink in their mindset. I totally agree. I can't remember who it was. I was watching, um, it's somebody on the PGA Tours, so obviously, a documentary on there not so long ago. Why can't I think of who it was? But he played Division Three college golf. Yeah. And kind of found his passion and drive through the 1920. Yeah. Found his drive then and worked hard for it and did become a PGA Tour player. Yeah. So it it just goes to show. I think I think one thing that it, it resonates throughout this whole conversation is that you know it, I suppose it's managing expectations more for parents than the players than, than the kids that play golf, isn't it? Because you do. I, I've seen quite a lot of it where I've seen you know some outstanding juniors you know from probably seven right through to maybe 13 14 when we've been to some events but it's almost like that their hopes hinge on on that success whereas the the reality is there's such a tiny percentage and there's also so many different factors that they've probably not considered one being if that's ultimately what their child wants to actually go and do you know which which can change at any time I suppose the one statement I hate, it makes me really sad when I hear it, when I hear a parent say, yeah, they're going to be on the LPGA Tour one day, or you see it on the Instagram profile, future PGA Tour oh, player. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if um, Bobby there wants to grow up and be a vet or a school teacher? You know, Bobby doesn't know what he wants to do, you know? He's going to change his mind 50 times. I yeah. think we just have to deal with those things as parents. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, too, um, I think... To what you going back to what you said there, I think you know every parent wants wants what's right for their child, and every yeah. parent has bigger hopes for their children than they have of for course. themselves. So I I understand that it's easy to think ahead and think what. Well, you just have to stay in the present journey. 
Yeah, no, no, definitely. I, th I think that, that what was interesting, and again, just re referring back to um, to Daddy Caddy on the bag by Rick Hurt, is that one one of the other points as well is was was burnout. And I think that one of the one of the interesting comments that he made was that you know in his uh, in in his journey as a golfer, because he um, you know was a promising junior, went into the corporate world, and then stepped back into golf later in his career, was that there were so many juniors that he saw probably from around the ages of eight to 13 that excelled but burnt out in their early teens, at which point there was kids that had only started playing when they were 11 or 12, had already started to overtake the ones that were, you know, the, the next big thing. Um, I have an example there for you, and I won't give out any names, but um, <laughs> I had a little girl who absolutely loved the game. Um, actually, it sometimes makes me a little sad to look back at her pictures of her in golf camp and stuff. She was so into it. And she started, decided to play in a U.S. kids golf tournament. And I'm very much one. I just throw them out there. They'll figure it out. I like yeah. them getting the opportunity to go play and learn, right? But for her first nine-hole tournament, she shot, for nine holes, she shot an 82. And that's a lot of strokes for nine holes, okay? Yeah. And six tournaments later, she shot a 36. Wow. So obviously there was a lot of work done in that time. Dad, Daddy definitely pushed and, yeah. and big thing when she shot this 36 and, the, and she was seven years old and she's gone from 82 to 36. And, and now that girl is 12 years old and she no longer plays golf. Oh, wow, that's sad. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I see throughout the years. So yeah. I think sometimes harping on about it, parents are like, yeah, but my child is different. I, I think you, you just, you, we've seen it so much that yeah. we just have to be careful yeah. about this. I have another um, example there. I, I was looking at a, a, an old scoreboard I found upstairs and um, there a couple of weeks ago. And on this given day, the girl who won and shot 37, she no longer plays golf anymore. And the girl who shot 54 that day for nine holes now plays college golf for division one. Wow. You know, That's so amazing. I get that it's hard for parents to understand that, but for me, I see it all the time. And yeah. even to look forward and see it, it's a prime example. Yeah, no, absolutely. I watched a documentary recently <laughs> where there was a young, well, it was a young lad. I remember it really, really well. Um, and there was a lad called Sonny, his name was, and he was a footballer from London. And he was about 10 years old. And he was just a megastar. He was so, so gifted, so talented. Um, and he ended up going to have trials with Ajax in Holland and uh, was selected. And then I think there were some issues with him wanting to go and move there at such an early age. And his dad put him on the TV, got him TV deals, insured his legs, like all sorts of these things. And, and, and it, I think by the time he got to 14 or 15, he just totally burnt out, became disinterested in football, um, and just obviously never fulfilled his potential because he never played. So I think it's a really important lesson there, isn't there? Is that in that if you have a super talented child, it's just to just harness that enjoyment as opposed to focusing on win, 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 win. Because that you know we're all human, and that yeah. that pressure that can put that can be enough pressure to to drive most people away at any age, I suppose. Yes, I think going back to the fact there of just listening to your children. Yeah, let your yeah. I'm not saying don't put them a little bit, but you have to listen to them. Sure. They'll let you know they're burnt out. Yeah. And if they want to go practice every day though for seven days a week, I'm all for that too. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I've learned is that um, there's been there's been times where I we've got Isaac and I have gone to the range, and it'll be nice if you work through his bag. He started with wedges, and then he hit his pitching wedge, then a seven iron, then his his five iron or whatever. Um, but there's times where he, do you know what? He just wants to go the driving range and hit driver or three wood, and yeah. and that and I and I've learned that that's fine, you know, yeah. because because the minute I say no, you've got to play this. It, 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 I can instantly think, well, why would I want to play at all? And I'm starting to really making an effort to put myself in his shoes and, and just keep that fun element and just ultimately do what they want to do and lead, get them to lead on it, I suppose. Exactly. I think one of the biggest things we have to remember as adults too, you know, if I was to go to the driving range, or if I was to go to the golf course for a day, what my idea of going to the golf course and doing is going to be very different to what, let's say, Katie's idea of a fun yeah. day courses so we have to we have again going back to uh, to listening to them but I think too you know what what sometimes annoys me in this whole um conversation about fun and stuff is I think sometimes people think okay if we're going to work hard we got to grind we got to be tough on our kids and and whatnot I'm very 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 serious about Katie becoming a good golfer there's no doubt about it I'm very serious about it but that's that's why I am the way I am. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why I'm trying, really trying to do things the right way. I'm trying to give her good fundamentals and create an experience that she will love it. Whereas sometimes I think people look at that and they're like, oh, they're just having a good old time. Yeah, we're having a good old time, but, you know, there's a purpose behind it too. Of course. Of course. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So I think sometimes we have to go back to, Yes, we can teach these kids the right way. Kids like to do things correctly yeah. and kids like to succeed. And we can do this in a calm and fun and composed manner. Yeah. You know, theories doesn't always have to be yelling and hard work and grinding and five hour practices. If anything, when I look at somebody doing it that way, I say, well, they're not very serious about their child playing this game. That's my <laughs> thought, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, um, yeah, I think I, th- I think the biggest thing, they just need to listen to their children and they need to stay in the moment with it. Yeah. But so, I mean, there's just some amazing advice there. And as, as I say, I think that as, as I've gone on this journey, I feel so much better equipped to, you know, thinking about Leo. Leo's coming up to two and he's basically been brought up in a house with golf clubs and golf balls. And he's He's just taking an instant love to me. He he can play in the garden all day, just hitting balls. And it, I always look at Leo and I think of knowing the, the, the things that I've learned myself in terms of how to approach it and, and everything with Isaac, but to be able to re, re-go through that journey, you know, re-travel through that journey, but with Leo, but knowing these things, it just it's something that really excites me because, um, as I say, as a dad, as a parent, there's just nothing better than watching your kid really to do something really well that you love and um and and can share the experiences with so there's just some amazing advice there i just just wanted to move on from away from what we've talked about um because i know that you were very active on this as well um but the solheim cup um and and leona mcguire i mean how impressive was she and during that event that is just amazing and the fact i mean i can't even imagine how much she is inspired like not just junior golfers in Ireland, but junior, you know, boys and girls all over the world. Yeah. Um, that was just absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Is, is, she some, is she something that you know that you've come into contact with at all? Um, not, 
athlete, she would have been just so much younger than I was by the time I finished the Irish Irish ranks and moved on to college golf. She was just getting started. Okay. Um, Got to be probably. Uh, I'm going to show my age here. It's probably what a, a 15, 13, 15 year gap there. <laughs> but she's obviously one I've always followed. It was very evident that those girls had the talent. They had the work ethic. Um, they had the passion for the game. So the, yeah. it's a story. And the fact that there were twins doing it, the story was always a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, no, I, I, it's so cool what she has done. It is, it, it's unbelievable. It's amazing, isn't it? And I think that, you know, to do it on, um, on, you know, on American soil as well, I think it just makes it all the more sweeter, doesn't it? I know, I know. <laughs> It'll be interesting now what happens in the Ryder Cup. Oh, well, absolutely. Well, we've obviously got Sh- Shane Lowry got his pick the other day from, um, from Pauline Harrington. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think I think it was deserved on merit anyway, based on I think based yeah, on I think, the, I think it was there based on the, the point system anyway. So yes. um yeah. so, so I think that the perception is that you know because he's a rookie um and because obviously the likes of Justin Rose has missed out that you know where, where's the logic there? But I think fundamentally, if you look over the last two years of golf, he's 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 earned his place. Oh, he certainly has, he certainly has. He'll be a good personality to have on the team too. And yeah. I think it's cool. And having obviously the Irish captain, that's cool too. Oh, absolutely. A lot of exciting things happening there for Irish golf, actually. No, no. Yes. Exactly. No, I think that I think that's the thing, isn't it? It, it seems like there's a bit of normality back um, finally, because I mean, as much as I love watching golf, I can't say I've enjoyed it too much without feeling like there's an atmosphere on the course. It almost <laughs> felt like, you know, when you're watching uh Morikawa win the PGA last year that you know it's just almost like around with his mates in the you know your local municipal there was just no atmosphere no n- nothing it, it just felt very dull the only event I enjoyed watching without the fans was Augusta I thought it was pretty cool to see Augusta yeah. with but yeah, yeah the rest it's, it's good to see the hype back and yeah it's fun to see that I know, absolutely. And oh, so now, now things are sort of returning to normal as well. So, what, what, what does the next sort of twelve months look like for for the Michelle Homeschool of Golf? How, how do you how do you see things continuing in that respect? Well, um, this is the time of year where it starts to wind down a little bit for us. Okay. Um, crazy for us. We're sun up to sundown in summer. At uh, this time, our kids are school programs, um, so the kids. Um, they're coming in from like two o'clock onwards. So we have our mornings off, which is nice. <laughs> and I breather and do some do some other stuff. And, and then myself and my sister, every, in November 23rd, or the last Thursday in November every year, we um, take a big breather and we go back to Ireland for eight weeks. Oh, so, of course. Yes, yes. Um, but other than that, it's all go as usual. I mean, we run about 75 tournaments a year. I mean, we're yeah. super we've got all kinds of opportunities going on here so it's fun fantastic that's amazing i think i think it's um yeah it's just just been a really insightful conversation to have and i think that you know when i think back to when we did the original q a and and we think about the journey that we've we've been on as well you know with with the, with the launch of noisy golf i think that one of the things that we really wanted to try and do is to use our platform to feed in that information to two parents and junior golfers from experts um, that, that we wouldn't know ourselves. And I think that, you know, whenever we do speak to people on social media, it's important to say that we're not the experts. 
we're just trying to you know promote the game and, and hopefully grow it as a result as well um but there's just some amazing advice there and i think that you know hopefully parents and and junior golfers watching across the world can, can take that on board and ultimately just make their their experience with their kids um you know all the more richer from, from being able to use that information exactly well paul thank you for everything you're doing i think this is fantastic i mean i think parents parents want to do what's right and they're crying out for information yeah i mean i i spend more time coaching my parents than i do coaching my kids so <laughs> parents they do they do want this information so it's an amazing thing that you're doing fantastic thank you so much michelle and and for those of you watching if there are any questions do feel free to comment below and um, you can catch michelle at michelle holmes golf on instagram on twitter and facebook um we've really enjoyed the conversation so hopefully you have too um don't forget to like and subscribe and please share with um your your, your peers junior golfers parents and um, to pass on this these words of advice and um, but for now michelle it's been an absolute pleasure we look forward to continuing your journey with your golf school and katie's of course as well thank you and uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us I hope your little guy feels better soon and biggest apologies for my misbehaving dogs. That's okay. I'm just, I'm just quite relieved that mine's behaved. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Michelle. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.